If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. This is episode four of the Warrior Wednesday series. And today I have the wonderful Aurora Knight from Aurora Knight Designs and Art. Or both. Aurora Knight Art, yeah. Art, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, Aurora. Oh no, this is here. oh no, this is brilliant. It's a really exciting thing on a podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love them. When I said about featuring Vivi Club members, you were like one of the first ones to be. Oh really? Yeah, which is really cool though. I think it's like just shows your personality of like you get things done if you've got something in your head you're like it's done it's already yeah it needs to I can't I can't have things on my plate once I've made a decision about something it has to happen like immediately I can't have it hanging around it might take me ages to make a decision but once it's made it's done it's in it's got to get into the past as quickly as possible (laughs) so introduce yourself to everybody and tell everyone about what you do um so my name's Aurora Knight and I'm a textile artist and yeah that's kind of I'm an artist and that's quite a big deal for me to actually say that out loud because up until fairly recently I felt like I was dabbling more than uh, treating it as a serious part of my life but you know that's changed thanks to the Vivid Club that has changed (laughs) um I've always been just as as a little bit of background I'm, I'm actually a mechanical engineer so I did art at school and then once I got to uni that kind of just ended and I got I mean I'm really practical so engineering made sense got into engineering and I've doing that professionally ever since but when I was pregnant with my third that's I think then I actually got a color analysis done of myself and it turns out that I'm autumn and it kind of a lot of things in my life just clicked into place all of a sudden I kind of realized the importance of color in your life and how it can fundamentally just change everything and about six months after I got that color analysis done COVID hit and I had my third baby my third boy and then we were living in Dubai at the time and then we moved back to the UK and I went from working to stay at home mom and I had this like these like major life events all happening in a very like condensed um, period of time and then about nine months after all that happened I decided that I wanted to get back into my creative side and really give that an outlet so I started I actually started making macrame rainbows just because it was something that was relatively easy to just do and dabble with mm. quickly realized it's just not my not for me like there are some amazing rainbow artists out there I'm not one of them <laughs> And I very quickly fell out of love with rainbows, but fell in love with weaving. Mm. Um, textiles have kind of always been my go-to pastime. Even when I stopped creating art, once I finished school, I would always knit. That was always like my go-to thing to do when I needed to just pass the time in front of the tally in the evenings or whatnot. So it was always going to be something textile And then the colour analysis kind of, it's not that I lost my love of colour. It's just I think I forgot how important it was in my day-to-day life. And that just, it just, I don't know, it ignited, like, how important colour was to me personally. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think, you know, 
you are what you wear there's a lot of truth in that and if you wear your personality in your clothes then you're kind of projecting yourself to the world how you want them to see you rather than hiding yourself away and I don't know expecting all your words to do the talking you're kind of your whole visual is doing the talking for you and that's where I am with my textiles with my my weaving I kind of want color I just want everyone to have a colorful home like (laughs) I mean I, I walk into places and I'm like you know you just need something you just need some something on your walls that's soft and you know has taken time to make and there's a story behind it and yeah and it's colorful and the thing is with color like it doesn't have to be like rainbow bright it can be a play of neutrals it just has to have like it's just it's just a play of color like and and I know like I personally love bright colors I know some people that's not their thing but I think it's important to remember that that color isn't just about the rainbow there are so many other colors out there and it's just it fits in with what is you like if you if I want to create something that's really energetic, it'll have like a high color and high contrast and be very dramatic. And then other times I'm just, I just want something that's soothing and calm and it'll be very neutral, but there'll be so much happening in it that you kind of forget that it's a neutral color or that it's, you know, tones of the same color. So yeah, I like to keep my hands busy <laughs> and I like, um, yeah, to mess around with fibers and create wall hangings. What are you working on at the moment? So at the moment, um, this year, 2023, I've kind of branched out a little bit. Um, I still weave wall hangings, but I'm also creating art scarves. And this is kind of, it's just it's just another like facet of the same story. This is art you can wear. I'm, I'm a toucher of things. Like if I, if there's a button and it says, do not touch, like I'm just like itching to touch it. And it's kind of like, it's a, I have to physically restrain myself not to. And it's the same when I go into galleries and I'm having a look at the artwork and you have a please do not touch science. And I'm like, oh, well, like that looks like, that looks like it could not be smooth. And I'm like, how does it feel? So this is where it all comes from. I want to create like scarves that are so textured and packed with color and natural fibers and that you can wear them so you're wearing like a woven cloth and you're wearing art every day and it's just part of your wardrobe and yeah so that's what I'm I'm working at at the moment um and the other thing is that I love about them is that they're made from natural fibers and if you knit a lot you'll you might if you're a knitter you'll know this but it's that the smell of wool of actual of actual wool from sheep as opposed to like acrylic wool it's just so comforting. It's just such a cozy smell. And so because the cigars are are made out of like basically 100% wool, um, yeah, you've kind of got that cozy softness and the colour and the texture. And yeah, I'm really excited about these. <laughs> yeah, they're so, they are, and I've seen them. They're beautiful. And you've opened, you did open some um bespoke stocks didn't you all made to order so people could... yeah so what I'm 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 doing kind of two things with it I'm opening them for customization so you can you can order you basically just order and then I'll I weave to order and I mean back and forth talk about color charts what you like pictures in your life or an outfit that you love and you'd love that represented in a scarf or just just you know whatever color is just you love and you've never found that in the shop as a scarf that that you want um and I'll weave them I will weave a scarf in those colors 
And then also I'm making like quite a small batch of ready-made um, scarves to go. I've got, I'm collaborating at the moment. I'm not going to tell you who with because it's not been released yet, but I'm collaborating at the moment with a, with a yarn dyer, yeah. an indie dyer. And we're in the middle at the moment of mixing, or well, she's in the middle at the moment of um, dyeing a whole like range of yarns that I'll then weave into into scarves using her yarn so I'm really excited about that (laughs) yeah I can see you I mean you collaborating with other people is just your bag isn't it like I love it like I just I think I miss that a little bit when you're an artist and you're at home on your own you just don't have that sounding board so even even just even if the collaboration never pulls off even just like talking about the possibility of it with someone yeah it's just it's just nice <laughs> yeah love that um so you've been a member of the vivid club for over a year now actually you yeah i think it was in may was may yeah. 22 i think around then um, and you were part of the second cohort project worry boss as well i was yeah why did you join the vivid club can you remember what yeah so initially i'd actually followed you on instagram for quite a number of months maybe since the january of that year i'm not sure around about then um and yeah, you sold, I mean, you sold it to me, like your personality, like we obviously just click as people. But also, I think I was at the stage where I'd been weaving for about two years, and I loved it, but I wasn't sure how to take it forward and how to, how to make it something that how to make it a business as opposed to something I just did in my spare time. Mm. And I I needed that group of people where I could just ask questions or, you know, have a sounding board on ideas or even just like other businesses in different sectors, but would still have like very valid experience to share. I needed that, that it's kind of like your office away from the office. Like if you're working from home and you're on your own as a sole business, you want, you need, you still need that. You still need that sounding board. And that's what the Vivid Club initially, that's initially what I wanted and then in January of this year, I signed up for the Project Warrior Boss. And that was amazing. It's just like a small group. There were six of us, um, six months. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much six months. Yeah. And um, that was just deep dive into, you know, why I was doing what I was doing, how I could take it forward, you know, how my plans were actually, or my, my dreams were actually possible. I just had to figure out the tiny steps I needed to take to get there. And yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, where do you feel that the you've grown the most within yourself or the business or how you see all of that since becoming a member of the Bibby Club? What area do you think has had seen the most impact? Yeah, so I think initially when I started out, I was almost... I kind of I started out with the idea that I, I would be making things to sell and that's probably the wrong attitude to have to go in because as a result I wasted quite a bit of time and money on materials making things that I thought would sell like that I thought like oh like other people make things like this so there must be a market for it so I'll just do I'll just do that put my own twist on it and re- and see if that works and it didn't work and then I realized I was making things that I didn't even like. I was just making them because I thought it was what people wanted. And I think the biggest shift is just accepting that I make things that I like 
and I create things based on my experience of the world and you know pictures that I've seen or photos that I've seen that, that have inspired me or places that I've been or people that I know who just in, you know I've just needed to creatively get that out of my system and it's almost freeing because now when I create art it's because it's what I want to make and it's what makes me happy and selling it or wanting to sell it is obviously still a huge part of what I want to do going forward but I've also accepted that it's a much slower process like it's not an overnight success story or I mean it could still be but it's still it's a slow process and I'm better off making things or creating art that I love because it's just much more satisfying than the disheartening kind of side of creating things that you think will be loved and then aren't and you're like but why not like (laughs) I've spent so much time making this and no one likes it but I thought you would like it so now I'm like I make so much time spending something that I love and if someone else loves it great (laughs) yeah yeah and I think it's about the joy that you put into your work and then how your customers will experience that joy because of the joy it's like the the joy energy is just abundant in your work um and it is and knowing your journey you are an artist it's not the same though we've got lots of artists in the vivid club and they are but you the way that your work and the way that you have you must price your work um it's going to be a different story for you and i've really recognized how you've actually accepted that and embodied it and been like but but i'm choosing to be an artist and not you know we we've spoken about other people yeah won't say here but the ones that you may compare yourself to that they're just not in the same lane they might make similar things but they're not in your lane you are well you have been exhibited in galleries you know, yes I have like that was a big so thing this year You've just been accepted into something else haven't you and uh, yeah so there's a show that just started uh the first of September and it's the big art show in Paisley in Scotland and it's running for 10 weeks and wow. like I've got three of the four pieces I submit are up there at the moment and I'm absolutely raging because I haven't made it there yet but yeah so they're up on their website they're for sale they're just generally for viewing and I'm really excited about that um mainly because it's a 10 week it's a 10 week window for for people to discover me and I find that that's really exciting and then earlier in the year at the start of May I had two pieces in a in a show down in London and that was I sent my husband my husband goes to London and I sent him down I sent him down to uh, <laughs> to take photos of my of my art in a gallery I was like I, I need photos of this like <laughs> yeah I love that and so and have you been accepted into a big market as well was that yeah I have um I've been accepted into the Midlands Art Centre Christmas market which is brilliant because once you're on their market list for Christmas, you then you're then um available for their markets throughout the, the following year. If, if they only accept people who were accepted at Christmas, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. I didn't know that last year, so I missed the Christmas, and then and I was like, oh, well, I know, wait, I literally like. 15 months before I can apply again <laughs> so yeah if you don't make it on the shortlist for their Christmas market 
then that's it. You can't, you don't get offered the places where they like spring and summer and autumn markets. <laughs> wow. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm a bit apprehensive. I've never done a market before. So I'm kind of trying to work my way around what I need. And it's even things like um, I've got some ideas on um, products I could sell that would be more market specific, like jigsaws or cards. And I'm trying to work out how much stock I would need to bring um, to a market at Christmas. And yeah, so there's a lot of questions going on at the moment (laughs) as to what I need to do. That amount of, I mean, (laughs) that amount of market, like visibility, the footfall of those Mm. views, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and it's obviously peak, peak gifting season as well. So I'll have my scarves that are ready-made. They'll be there. And I mean, realistically, it's three weeks before Christmas, so there won't be any made-to-order scarves happening between then and Christmas. But there will be gifting vouchers for made-to-order scarves that can happen after Christmas. <laughs> That's a good idea. I was racking my brains. I was like, how do I, like, how do, I do this market and sell art scarves that are handmade? But they're never going to be ready for Christmas because there's just the time frame is just impossible. And I was like, obviously, gift vouchers your answer. Like, <laughs> take you to make the art scarves. Um, we're probably looking in the region of five to six hours, um, to weave an art scarf. Now, I use the term scarf loosely. It's kind of on the crossover between a scarf and a shawl. They're quite big, um, so hence the coziness, the coziness of them all. You're really wrapped, wrapped up in a piece of art. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was just five, five or six hours, which is a decent chunk of time. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's going to reduce much further. I don't think as a, as I, I don't think I don't physically see that reducing massively more than what it already has. And um, I think I've kind of reached peak, peak optimization of my systems. <laughs> yeah, I think it, when you there's lots of content of you making them on your Instagram. Yeah, the fibers look so thin, and it's just it must be. I mean, therapeutic as well, but very, like, intricate with trying to weave all of that and not get lost. Like, I 100% would get lost. Yeah, no, it is It is very therapeutic as an art form because there is, there's a lot of it is repetitive, very repetitive, so it's, like, over, under, over, under, back and forth. Um, And when I started the art scarves, I was kind of scouring the internet for just generally like handwoven cloth and patterns and what was available out there and just what generally what people were doing, just looking for inspiration. And I couldn't really find anything that I wanted to, you know, I never saw something and thought, okay, that's exactly what I want to make. I never saw anything like that. I was kind of struggling a little bit. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'm like insane coming up with this because if no one else makes it, maybe it's because no one wants it. And then I was like, no, it's like, because I want it. And if I want it, there's at least 20 other people in this world who want it as well. So I've kind of combined lots of different things. There's like the colors, there is, it's a very unfinished, finished product. It's that kind of raw edge. So there's lots of little details where you're almost, I'm creating holes. They're not actually holes. It's not going to fall apart, but I'm creating that illusion of little holes, like, um little patches that are rougher almost like you know um in your school uniform when your elbow patch your elbow would run out and you'd have that kind of bit where you could see your shirt underneath that kind of feeling about it so it's very kind of raw raw finish to it and then there's this heaps of like wool fibers in there 
purely to add texture and little pops of color throughout and points of interest. So yeah, like I couldn't find anything like that. Um, I could find really intricate flat weave. Like there are intricate flat weaves out there that I could never hope to achieve or even want to achieve, but there's nothing out there that is what I want, what I make. <laughs> no, it's very, uh, and I think what's really unique, not only about the work that you, you create and you are truly an artist, um, is how passionate the story, the inspiration that comes um, into your work that um, is just you, the way you talk about your work. If you if you go in, onto Aurora's um, website, she's got this blog and she'll talk about it. And even just the, the homepage is just, um, and I always remember this, to get lost in a woven landscape. Yeah. <laughs> your, your words... You, you, your creativity and how you talk about your work it just comes out of you in just tidal waves and it, it just shows the passion and I think that that's why um I when I met you and we were doing Project Warrior Boss so you're the belief you have in yourself and your work and your business I've like got it tenfold too because who doesn't want this stuff <laughs> there are people out there but it's just finding you know finding I mean. them <laughs> for them to find you like yeah, <laughs> um, I can I feel like you're just blowing this balloon up and at one time one day this balloon is going to pop and you're going to yeah. know what to do with yourself because yeah like, <laughs> what and you're going to be like selling weeds for like 50 grand or something <laughs> that's what I see like I that's what and I remember doing a voice note walking up the road and it was when you were talking to me being in the Vivi club and I'd obviously opening um, Project Warrior Boss in January and I remember doing a voice note to you on the Instagram as I was walking up the road to my in-laws and talking to you about this vision I had for you of this. Yeah. And it is, I've always said it's my vision for you, which you can just take or leave, but that your work was going to be in galleries and it was going to be like you you are an artist and your, your work is just different. It's yeah. not for Etsy. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I remember, I remember hearing, reading that voice note, and I remember thinking the idea of being in a gallery had kind of crossed my mind, but I'd never really taken it seriously, and I think it took hearing someone else thinking that this is where I was headed. I was like, yeah, do you know what, that is where I'm headed. <laughs> yeah, and then next to the year, like nine months, you've been in Yeah, two shows, like, you know, and that was just purely like having the belief in myself to just submit an application form in like the pieces were pretty much the pieces that I submit they're not pieces I've made since that conversation no you know you know they're not they're pieces that I had already made but were obviously already good enough to be accepted in a gallery show I just had no idea (laughs) isn't that lush (laughs) but yeah I mean what you're saying about my I'm sorry what you're saying about my videos um I was earlier in the week I was going through my yarn in my bedroom and I was like oh do you know I'll just record a story of this you know because it's going to be really short and then I was like eight minutes later I was like still talking about my wool and I was like I've got to call it a day here and then like I was like how am I even going to put no one's going to listen to eight minutes of someone banging on about colors and wool and you know there are some people who did listen to them all <laughs> you're you'd be surprised because there's so many people out there that you know love stuff and you don't that if there are people out there for everybody you know yeah. for what you love too i love it really love it. <laughs> um 
Um, so before we go, um, I'd love to ask you, what do you know now that you wish you'd known 10 years ago? If you could go back in time and tell Aurora 10 years ago, what would it be? I think the big one would be just not to worry about the small things. Like they're so unimportant and inconsequential to how your life is going to be, even got six months or a year after you were stressing out about them. They're just so not worth the energy. There's like, they're just not worth, it's just not worth the brain power that you invest in stressing out over some tiny, tiny, tiny thing that feels like massive at the time, but then it's just, it's gone. And, and you've wasted hours of your life not sleeping or panicking about it or even just talking about it. Like, you know, you just wasted all this energy on something that has meaning, literally no meaning to your life years down the line. Yeah, love that. It's so funny. You, you have to sort of stop in the moment and be like, am I going to really worry about this? Yeah, like, why am I worrying about this? Like, really, is this really that important? Yeah, <laughs> it's not like I'm trying to solve world peace here, do you know? Like, it's, it's, it's like... <laughs> This morning I, I sent Jackson. I didn't know because he's just started school. I didn't know he needed yeah. to eat it, and I was really worrying about it. And then I and was like, 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 does it matter? Does he? He runs a, like get over it. And I know that I was just thinking. I was like, only there was only one other mum that didn't know, and then yeah, all the other mums were looking, thinking, "Oh, you didn't know your kid was in." And I was like, "Did I really care? I wouldn't care." Like, and I just dismissed it. But I think the old me would have gone. <gasps> Oh my god, I would tell uh, you. Why yeah, I know. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I want this. Been wonderful talking to you. No, nah, you fun. too. Yeah, I miss seeing you all the time in Project. Work. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um, but no, thanks so much. I really, really appreciate your time. And where can everyone find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Aurora Night Art, or you can find me on my website at www.auroranight.com. Amazing. Thanks. So, yeah, come take a look. Let me know what you think. <laughs> Definitely come and take a look. All right, thank you. So- All right. See you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast, written, produced, and hosted by Claire Hill. And music has been composed by my brother, Phil Vidler. <laughs>